Hey friends, welcome to another great episode of the Encounter Grow Witness podcast, where we break open anew the Unleash the Gospel pastoral letter, seek to understand and to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is doing here in the Archdiocese of Detroit, especially for those of us who work in mission direct areas and parishes and the chancery, me here at the seminary. Uh, my name is Father Steve Polis, and I'm here with the awesome Beth Spazarni. Beth, how are you? I'm great. How about you? Beth, I am doing okay. You know, the weather's warming up. We're yeah. out of the doldrums of the late winter fake spring. It's starting to look nicer out there. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about um, kind of Easter in the rearview mirror a little bit mm-hmm. and how, like, you want to find, keep finding Easter activities to celebrate this season with. I do. I spend 40 days telling my kids, no, we're not going to have that treat. No, we're not going to have that either. And uh, then I get to Easter season and they expect to get a yes to every request Mm. for a treat every single day, which does happen for a little while, but that was just the octave. And now we need to probably all eat a little healthier. Yeah. Um, but I found a couple other things. I got this great Easter nativity scene. It's like a tomb and I have a statue of Christ, just like wow. my Christmas nativity scene. So I put it out and I'm super excited to put it out every oh. year in Easter season and celebrate the entire eight week long season. Eight weeks? Yeah. 50 yeah. days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's something awesome. I'm pretty excited about. That's pretty great. Is that something yeah. you had as a kid growing up? Like no, a way to celebrate I didn't it? even know it existed. Yeah. Okay. But I obsessively I researched know. online and I found one. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. And but, the tomb, you can roll the stone and close the tomb. Ooh. It's high level. There's also a light. Wow. Maybe I invested it's too like much anim- in this, but I'm really excited about it. I'm picturing time. like a like early animatronics oh, thing geez. where it's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But I think the beauty of it is <clears throat> like I came down in the morning um, and it was so dark out and I just... I just sat there and prayed with it, and I was yeah. thinking of like I was looking at the statue of Christ and the statue of Mary Magdalene, and just pondering yeah. the the real historical truth of the resurrection and praying in that, which was just really awesome. Praise so, God! Yeah. yeah. Well, from the yeah. sublime to the seasonally pretty mundane, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am a big baseball fan, and I am so excited that baseball is back in uh, in the world in the United States in Detroit Um, and uh, it's just been it's been great I've not watched a lot but I've seen a few games and um, fascinating to our listeners and to you Beth I'm sure Uh they've made some changes this year oh well that the game was getting a little slow and a little long I actually do know about this you do I'm 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 pleased I know the Diver fans are generally no it's great I it is almost universally Um, loved because it's gone from games being three hours and 20 minutes to two hours and 40 minutes. Yes, this is great. And it's not just the duration of time, but it's also like the The pace. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels better. And I just think, oh, it's so brilliant. It doesn't change what the game is meant to be, right? It's not played with a a clock in the way that other sports are. So baseball always has this like uncertain dimension to it mm-hmm. um which part of, which is part of the beauty and the uniqueness of it mm-hmm. um but these changes have helped 
kind of get out of the bad habits, we might say, <laughs> that the game has had and yeah. um, I think attract a younger audience. And yeah. uh, I'm liking it a lot. So nice. I am excited. I don't know how well the Tigers are going to do this year. It's I think they're still rebuilding quite a bit. But um, I'm really excited to be watching baseball again. Nice. Yeah. How, are you going to get out to the games? How many games yeah, I, uh, I've to. been texting with a few friends um, trying to find a date. I usually yeah. go to three or four a year. Nice. Living in the city, it can be really easy. Sure. Right? It's a 10-minute yeah. drive to the ballpark, park yeah. on the street. Yeah. I got the little mobile app for, you know, to, to park on the street. And nice. Like, do, you, do it with your phone while you're in the game if it expires. And um, it's great. Nice. So I love it. Baseball. Yeah. America's pastime. But the church's pastime <laughs> is unleash the gospel. Is unleash the gospel. <laughs> That's correct. How's that for a segue? <laughs> Flawless. Flawless. So yes. we've been going through the bad habits and the good habits, yeah. and now we're on to what the I would first say guideposts. Yeah, really the meat of unleash the gospel yep. here, right? The guideposts. Yeah. Um, when I think of guideposts, I think um, I, you know the Archbishop explains you know a marker on the road, right? Mm-hmm. So a core way to determine where we're going and how we're going to get there and yeah. I when I was in India I went my friends got all excited to go trekking in the foothills of the Himalayas it sounds so romantic yeah it is not romantic <laughs> <laughs> it is very hard yeah because there are no markers there uh-huh. are no guideposts anyway so anywhere so you leave the city you read in your guidebook that it's I don't know you're supposed to kind of walk this away and you walk this away we got so miserably lost it was supposed to be like a two hour long like relaxing easy hike yeah. the second day after the first day i was thinking of giving up anyway guideposts are beautiful things there were no so that we don't get lost there, and we can reach our destination yeah yeah because we want to do yeah, that we want to there were no rock karens there no okay like the rock stacked up to tell you which direction no that'd be great there were no signs no. that said the road is no, this way? No, there was not even... Oh, okay. So you're you're not... There's no road. You're not on a road. Or, or you're on a tiny little path, yeah. straight down, straight up, straight down, straight wow. up, sliding down. The, the locals were just hopping past us, laughing at us. Yeah. And I was thinking, you want to help a lady out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Where am no, I supposed no. to go here? I don't, what fun I don't is know. That? They did not. They enjoyed the laughter, though. <laughs> That's so. great. Oh. Guideposts. You know, that reminds me, when I was doing the Camino a number of years ago, We you go through some towns... And it's then it's you know not exactly clear like where to get out or which mm-hmm. way to go, um, and we were going through this big town, and I think we must have yeah we did go on the wrong path out of the town, and there was a guy probably eight or nine stories up in an apartment complex mm-hmm. who just yelled to us peregrinos, <laughs> which is Spanish for pilgrims, right? That's what you're called on the Camino. Uh-huh. We all look over, and he, like, gave us this big point to the other oh, way. <laughs> and with a big smile on his face, nice. was super happy and just hollering across, nice. you know, the the back end of the town to tell us where to go. That was great. Nice. He was kinder than, I yes. think, the people who passed you. That's true. It sounds kinder. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about this new Pentecost yeah. or Nuevo Pentecost. Yeah. Um, so, Beth, what 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 is the idea of a new Pentecost? What what's the concept here that we're talking about? Was there something wrong or deficient with the old Pentecost? Did no. it expire or get stale? No, but it has to continually be relived in my life, in your life. We have to receive that fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit every day, every moment. But I think in a special way for the new evangelization that it will be impossible for you and I to do it. Yeah. Although you seem great. It will be impossible <laughs> for us to do no, it, I hear you. right, without the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to be praying for that fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think this is the first guidepost because it always starts with the docility to the Holy Spirit yeah. that we talked about yeah. in the good habits. Yeah. Right. So it's this understanding that it's God's work. And just as Jesus told the apostles to stay in, stay in the city until you mm-hmm. are clothed with power from on high. Yeah. Right. I think the whole work of the synod, which can feel very much in the rearview mirror now and yeah. getting smaller, um, but it's not meant to be to be stale, right? But I think that was the work of like understanding, okay, what does the Holy Spirit want us to do? Mm. Um, and the whole direction of unleash the gospel, right? To to be missionary disciples. Uh, begins with letting the Holy Spirit be poured into us to receive the power from the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses to Mm. the ends of the earth. And for us, that's, you know, our local church here. Um, This is the the foundation for the map that we're on with the guideposts is is the Holy Spirit setting the direction. Am I letting the Holy Spirit be poured into my life um, in a new way here and now, right? Yeah. So again, not the, that the old one was deficient, yeah. but it has to be activated in my life That's right. now. I can't just rely on the grace that was given to a different generation yeah. or people holier than me or smarter than me, yeah. right? I have to let that Holy Spirit penetrate the depth of my heart. We'll, we'll talk about yeah. the other part, like the actual aspects in the marker sure. there. But I think it, it starts with this essential notion of, the Holy Spirit being the prime actor in my life and in the work of evangelization. Yeah, which I think to some people can seem abstract and I think to others can seem frightening. Yeah. And yet there's so much freedom that comes from docility to the Holy Spirit. So much freedom. Yeah. And I, I think even those of us who work in the church can have a sense of, um, I don't know, may, maybe not attending. <laughs> maybe just not attending to the power of the Holy Spirit and 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 recognizing both of those challenges among those among in our own hearts and in the hearts of those we serve right yeah the tendency to kind of see the holy spirit as abstract or the tendency to be afraid but the power of the holy spirit is nothing to fear yeah it's incredible good the uh, the, he is good and powerful right yeah i mean he's the love of god yeah and um think about in the life of jesus we hear that after Jesus' baptism, it's the Holy Spirit who drives him on mission. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit who sends him out into the desert. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it is the love of God sent on mission. Um, yeah. Very much in the life of Jesus, the way he was obedient and docile to his father and how that was enacted in the Holy Spirit and how we as little Christs, mm-hmm. as Christians, <laughs> that we need no less of that docility and that obedience to um the Holy Spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do know a couple of people for whom, you know, the terminology can be jarring, right? The the newness of it. Um, feeling the newness like, of what? The new, like a new Pentecost, right? Sure. That like, is that in accord with what we believed, what we mm. teach? And I think it, it very much is. Uh, it very much is the life of Christ in his church to be continually out giving out his spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, because we, we face a culture that is much more in opposition to Christian values, to our Catholic faith, um, you know, God wants to give us no less of what we need uh, to be witnesses yeah. here and now. And that means, like, I need the grace of the Holy Spirit into these circumstances, yeah. into my life yeah. here and now. Um, and then just one last point on what you were saying. Yeah. You know, the, the fear... Um, this is can be 
a bit of a trope, but um, it's true. The fear is always the fear of loss of control, mm-hmm. right? That like when God comes, he doesn't come as a passenger. Nope. He doesn't come as a first mate right. to my captaining, <laughs> right? right? right. Um, he comes as Lord. Right. Right. And we pray in the creed, you know, believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, Lord the giver, the giver of, life. of life. Yeah. And so to invite him in is to not <laughs> be to the captain anymore. Yeah. 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 And, and there's a lot of fear with that because yeah. then I'm not in control. And yeah. Um, but that is the essence of the Christian life. And too. I think maybe we should spend more time talking about what a great thing that is. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I guess we get we must get attached to our own ideas that we yeah. think that's not a good thing. <laughs> but to have the Lord come in who knows who, who knows me better than I know myself and yeah. how God made me and knows every detail about the world in which I live, how could his direction not be a a hundred times better than anything I could come up with after hours of planning? And you know I love to plan. I do. Yeah. But (laughs) our our degree of planning for this conversation (laughs) is markedly different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but just the good of that, the good of how the Lord brings new things. I think of, I was pondering on my way here today, just thinking about the power of the Holy Spirit, and I was thinking about how many times People have asked me to do a thing, and I have thought, I can't do that. <laughs> or even stood there before I had a dear friend who organized this youth conference of 500 teens, and she wasn't an administrator. That was the shocking mm. thing. But she just had the sense that the Lord, the Holy Spirit was calling it, and so and, and that was clearly the case. I mean, five, it's not easy to rustle up 500 teens, no. you know? And so we're standing there, and she had asked me to emcee it, maybe the second or third. We were standing there, and the room was packed, and I looked at her, and I said, I don't think we can do this. <laughs> and then we both laughed because we knew, of course, of course we can't. Yeah. And that's the best news of it all, yeah. that the Holy Spirit is the one who will do it. And knowing our poverty is what will allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants. Yeah. But that's such good news. It doesn't seem like good news initially. No. Right? Because it would be nicer to have a good plan and have total confidence in this great plan. Yeah. But it's the surrender and the weakness and the docility that's where the Lord can bring out a new thing. Yeah. And I'm sure months from now, as we talk about some of the other guideposts, this will come up again and again. But mm-hmm. it's the counterintuitive way that God acts. Right? Yeah. That God doesn't act exactly the way I want him to or the way I think he would. And this is the life yeah. of Jesus, right? Like he comes to bring salvation to the whole world. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He picks 12 guys and hangs out with them for three years, right. wandering around this tiny region yeah. of the earth. What? Right? You're like, right. this is not how my plan for the salvation yeah. of mankind would look. Yeah, Alexander the Great had some strategies, <laughs> right, for <Yeah>. conquering. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears> it's totally counterintuitive, right? And yeah. it's about depth rather than about width yeah. in so many ways. And, um, you know, and so this is what the catechism calls the pedagogy of God. Yeah. That God acts differently and teaches us to act differently Mm -hmm. and that's what allowing the holy spirit to take dominion over me is like okay help me yeah help me think and act the way god thinks and acts yeah 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 all right well great is that it one note on seeking to be refreshed (laughs) ourselves yeah just i mean and again we say it all the time but the i'll just read the scripture passage from luke 11 that's that's shared in the in the letter and of course will be very familiar to our listeners Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Hmm. I, I love the ending. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Hmm. Not to those who meet these different criteria or <laughs> prove that they're worthy or none of those things, right? But just yeah. that we ask. Just yeah. that we ask, that's all. And are we asking daily and regularly for more of the Holy Spirit to come into every conversation, every movement, every initiative, every day, right? To have that fresh outpouring of that Holy Spirit so that we can be docile and can have that boldness that you talk about so much, right? <laughs> I talk about it so much, yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, let, let's just take a yeah. moment and pray for that, right? Yeah. Like, Lord, give me a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm, me too. And give Beth. Mm-hmm. A new outpouring, and all of our listeners, mm-hmm. Lord, we know you. You want to give them good gifts, like a father gives good gifts, like the greatest of fathers give good gifts. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, we pray for that. Open our hearts, expand our hearts to desire your life and the outpouring of your Holy Spirit mm-hmm. more and more. Mm-hmm. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Father Morrow was talking a couple days ago at um, a training, and he said, he shared this great quote from St. Bonaventure that I'm sure you and everyone else have always have heard a million times, but I'd never heard. The Holy Spirit comes where he is loved, where he's invited, where he is expected. Ooh, I have not heard that. I, I have, he, I don't he was like, it. has anyone heard this? Or who hasn't? And I was like, I've <laughs> never heard that. And he kind of made a little smile and looked down and he said, well, maybe write it down. <laughs> and I thought, you got it. Yeah. The Holy Spirit comes where he is loved, where he is invited, where he is expected. Mm. Are we inviting the Holy Spirit? Are we expecting the Holy yeah. Spirit, right? Now we get yeah. into that boldness and that yeah. expectant faith. Are we expecting the Holy Spirit to come? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. We should spend a little bit of time on the markers. Yes. As mm-hmm. well. We should. And the first one is... Um, I think it's a typo because it says Acts 29, <laughs> but there's only 28 chapters in Acts. Yeah, that's true. We are well, living the can, next chapter. Oh. We're the next chapter. And, you know, when I so I did a summer on mission in Istanbul, yeah. which some of the Acts of the Apostles took place in modern day Turkey. Yeah. And we called our mission Acts 29 because you we did. were going back to the same places. We went to Ephesus and, you know, just it was really neat to think of. So Acts 29, I'm like, oh, yeah, you mean that thing I did? No, no. Yeah, right. That thing I did. But, you know. Well, yeah, and there's, that, there's Father Ricardo's apostolate, Acts right, 29 now, too. And there's yeah. a, a Protestant apostolate, too, if you look up Acts 29. Oh, nice. They okay. do it with the numbers. Father Ricardo yeah, does it with the, the Roman, Roman numerals. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a common thing to think of. Yeah. Okay, we are living in, actually, the apostles is not over. Yeah. Right? The, tr- the body of Christ is still alive. So we are living in that next chapter. Yeah. Yeah, there must be a. It must actually be quite higher than twenty nine, <laughs> though. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in Acts twenty nine million. Perhaps. Yeah, yes. I don't know. Um, so yeah, the notion here is that we're building on yeah. what the work done in Acts of the Apostles are the spreading of the faith. Yep. Right by the initial disciples of Jesus and the yeah. men and women that they called with them. And that we continue that work, that we stand in continuity with the apostolic church in proclaiming Jesus Christ. Yeah. um, And that we're part of one story, right? We're part of the story of what God is doing. Yeah. But it's not over. The Holy Spirit is still writing the story and we're in it. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. That we are part of that story. Yeah. You know, just take a moment to appreciate the the reality of that, the depth of that. Yeah. Mm. 
that's all I've got on X29. You got more? Okay, great. Yep. Moving on, because that's a really short marker. It is short, yep. It's like six sentences. Yep. But marker, marker 1.2 is not short. Yes, that's and right. And that is repent and believe in the gospel. These yeah. are the first words of the public ministry of Jesus, to repent and believe yep. in the gospel. Yep. Um, they go together. Yep. They Beth. do. They tell, do. Tell me about it. Yeah, repent, to change one's mind, to make a life-altering decision to turn away from sin and turn toward God. Um, I love that there's an element in here where it says there's no true offer of the good news that does not also call for repentance. Mm, yeah. And yet, the, the, you know, it goes on to share here in the, in the letter that it's not fashionable talk to talk about repentance, right? right. And I, I know that um, my husband is a therapist and he'll often hear people talk about Catholic guilt or, yeah. you know, we live in a society of no regrets, right? And, it, you know, so it can almost seem as though our, our faith and our tradition, our church, that we're obsessed with sin. But the reality is that we're just the only ones talking about yeah. it anymore in our culture, at least. Mm -hmm. um, but the catechism calls sin an offense against reason and truth and right conscience, a failure in genuine love for God and neighbor. And, you know, I think it's easier to think of it in terms of a, a failure, right? That my failure to love hurts you and your yeah. failure to love hurts me, right? And maybe yeah. that's a way, because I think we've all, everyone has experienced the failure to love of the people around them, right? Yeah. And maybe that's a way to help people understand the reality of sin in our world and the reality of it in our own lives when otherwise perhaps it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to see it clearly because people want to dismiss it as just Catholic guilt, but... It's think, a reality. Yeah, I think it is a universal experience of not, you know, maybe in a, in a non-religious way, we could say not living up to my expectations, Yeah. right? That I see this gulf between the man I want to be mm -hmm. and the man I am, or yeah. this gulf between, you know, for a, a woman, like sure. who I desire to be, what yeah. I think I should do, how I want yeah. to act, and how I, and how I do, right? Yeah. And, and I think right. everyone has this experience, and... I think people are just deceiving themselves or trying to bury it. Yeah. And we, you see all the ways it comes out sideways if you don't acknowledge your own brokenness, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think you're right to look at it even, okay, think about being on the receiving end of someone else's brokenness yeah, and the way right. that, that really hurt you. Yeah. Um, and the beauty of this is, you know, it's just, yeah, I think people get it so wrong when they um, – when they try to deny it, like, so when we talk about confession, right, the beauty of it is not to be obsessed with sin, but mm -hmm. to put sin in the one place where we can do something about it. Yeah. And that's in the hands of Jesus. Yeah. Right? And that's yep. his whole mission. Yeah. He came to forgive sinners. Yeah. Right? He says in order to qualify for his grace, we have to mm -hmm. identify as sinners. Yeah. The only ones who don't qualify for yeah. his grace are the ones who say, I haven't I no sinned. Sin. Yeah. Um, so... This whole notion of repentance is to say, I have a universal and part of a universal experience of fallen humanity, mm -hmm. and I see that in my life, yeah. that I fall short of how I am yeah. called to live. And I can either get jaded with that, mm -hmm. and or I can make compromises in my life <laughs> to lower my expectations, you know, mm -hmm. or be bitter. Um, or I can say, you know, Monsignor Trapp talks about it this way, like, can I do, or I let Jesus take up the space between where I am and where I want to be. Mm. And that's called his mercy. Nice. And so to repent is to say I turn away from mm -hmm. sin, knowing my own brokenness. Right. Yeah. But I, I acknowledge my brokenness 
and I turn to the Lord mm-hmm. and I give it to him and I let him be Lord. I let him transform me. That's yeah. why this is under the new Pentecost um, aspect because it's a way of giving it to him and letting him transform me. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, so yeah. the repent and then believe in the gospel. Yeah. Right. So this is these are tied like in order for me to, to believe to enter in, I have to be willing to turn away from sin. Yeah. Right? No one can serve two masters. Yeah. If I'm going to call Jesus Lord, I have to hate sin and mm-hmm. work at rooting sin out of my life. And when I, fa- I fall, when I fail, I have to acknowledge that, right, that mm-hmm. I've been unfaithful to the Lord and not in a way that, like, is self, you know. Um, self-hatred. Self-hatred. Right. No, no, but that's we have poison. have to get rid of it. Yeah. yeah, but to look at it yeah. squarely in the face and to say, God made me for more than this. Yeah. Um, and uh, I find it, it helpful to think of sin like a parasite. Mm. Um, when I was in India, the orphanage, people, the kids all had lice. And I didn't realize that until after I'd been there a month and I realized I had lice. <laughs> <laughs> so my head was itchy. Yeah. There were these horrible parasites biting me and sucking my blood. Mm. And I asked the woman that I knew at the hotel, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Because, like, I, I'm not from here. I don't know where to get the stuff to yeah. get this. And, and she said, wait, what is the problem? And I explained it to her. And she started laughing. And she said, this is not a scary problem. The lice, they are my friends. <laughs> and I was so horrified. I was like, oh, my gosh. No, no, no. They're not my friends. They're not my friends. They're eating my blood. I do. I, it's yeah. a no for me, you know. Yeah. But I think we can kind of, like you say, like we can kind of just let sin and kind of, yeah. well, it's just part of me. No, it, it is not our authentic. Yeah. It's not who we're called to be. It's not who we are made to be. Jesus it's says anyone who sins becomes a slave to sin. That's right. Right. And he made us to be free. Yeah. As Paul says, you know, for freedom you were set free. Yeah. So this idea of, yeah, not making friends with sin mm-hmm. in our life. You know, we, we talked a little bit about the, the boldness of preaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about that in my own priestly ministry, in the way you teach, in the way you're called to mm-hmm. kind of break open and lead the Word of God. I think it is so important that these go together, um, the repentance and believing in the gospel. And even when we talk about difficult topics to preach on, and for our society, you know, that's going to be sexual morality by and large, sure. because that's the false gospel. Yeah. That is often at odds, you know, the the notion of what human sexuality is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the place of greatest kind of um, difficulty in proclaiming the message mm-hmm. to our age. That's always got to be done with uh, clarity about what's right and wrong, but also great love, right? Mm-hmm. That the Lord made us for more. Yep. He didn't make us for less. And every mm-hmm. no is a no to something less mm-hmm. so that we can be free to say a yes to something greater. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the context for difficult, challenging preaching. Mm. Um, it comes from authenticity as well, like being a, a man or a woman of integrity. Mm-hmm. It comes from a um, being willing to be appropriately vulnerable in how we talk about that, where you know, at the right level with sure. children, with adults. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it comes with a, a clarity that, like, to say no to things that the world holds up as good or that we're attracted Mm -hmm. to but are not (laughs) in accord with the gospel is to free ourselves so that we can receive Jesus's call to live Mm -hmm. as he calls us to live. Yeah. I've been thinking about the, you know, the book we often talk about from Christendom to Apostolic Mission. The idea that like in an apostolic time, 
when we present the gospel, we should assume that the majority of our listeners, it says, are, are quote, unconverted or half-converted in mind and imagination and have embraced to some degree the dominant non-Christian vision. Yeah. The new evangelization aims at the renewal of the mind. Um, so I was just pondering that and pondering how um, it also goes in, in that book to talk about how the moral life of, of our faith in, in, an, in an age of Christendom where people have, uh, they have an understanding of the Christian worldview and narrative in their yeah. minds, coming to a place of, of deep faith often would look like a moral change. And mm-hmm. so that was often what the preaching would focus on, the moral life. And anyway, they were just talking about how our preaching, even as we speak to the moral life, has to also yeah, aim at this renewal of mind. And it is a challenge, right, as people bring these sticky questions and these real situations to also spend enough time with an individual so that you have an idea of what their understanding of the narrative, what their understanding of our story is. Because it's so difficult to answer these sticky questions without a shared foundation of here's how we see the world. Yeah. 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 That this is just, these are the skills we need for now. Yeah. Right. We, we're not trying to live in the 1950s or the 1650s right. Right. Um, or some other more idealized time like here and now. Right. The challenges right. the Lord presents to us and how we proclaim that. Right. right. To, to be clear on. And this isn't a way to be either um, antagonistic or coward about. But but just to be clear, like the narrative of the secular world mm-hmm. is is everywhere. It's very right? loud. People are being catechized every moment in, yeah. uh, in, an, in a non-Christian worldview yeah. right. day by day, moment by moment, right? right? Every movie, every interaction yep. they have. Every advertisement. Yeah. yeah all and, of it. And this isn't a way, you know, to think we have to become Amish and like retreat right. from the world. Right. And it's not a way to find, you know, a boogeyman behind every, <laughs> True. every corner. True. But we need to be sober-minded to yep. say, okay, we are... Set apart. Um, we're we're set, apart. set apart. And, and the message we proclaim is often going to hit people's ears yeah. as either odd or yeah. old-fashioned right. or even at times bigoted. Right. Right. And right. say like, no, this is where authentic freedom lies. Which and, in a and, way. And we can handle the, those, yeah. the static that comes back from it. But it yeah. requires a lot of confidence and a lot of it conversion does. of ourselves. Yeah. And conviction just to, to, to speak up at all. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget what I was going to say. I'm sure it would have been that profound it weekend. Brilliant. Move on. <laughs> brilliant. Ah. Yeah, but we got uh, we got one more marker yeah, to cover do. here. And what's that marker, Beth? Signs and wonders. Signs or wonders? Signs and Signs and wonders. Wonders. So. Jesus proclaimed the gospel not only in words, but in healings, miracles, and signs and wonders. So today we look for the proclamation of the good news to be accompanied by signs and wonders. Yeah. What what do you make of this? Are you a uh manifestation of this stuff person a manifestation of the stuff yeah you know the charismatic question. renewal was a part of my life growing up so yeah. i came really to intentional lived missionary discipleship in high school through a charismatic youth group and so i would pray with people and we have visions and have a prophetic word and all of this was just kind of yeah. part of my like yeah. world at the time um 
And it's been interesting to see how coming into my Catholic faith more, we have a little less comfort yeah. with that, um, which partly can be good prudential <laughs> judgment, right? Yeah. Of they, test think, everything. Yeah, I think <laughs> we it, have. I think that's it. You There's know, rich traditions. A, so yeah. there, there certainly was. I mean, I went on one retreat in high school where there was no plan for the entire weekend except to sit there and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to say a, a word or something. Good golly. It did not work out very well. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right? that's quietism. It, yeah, it, it didn't and, work out. Yeah. Right. And yet I do think the idea of I, I, I think we can domesticate the Holy Spirit. And yeah. I think that's we're missing so much of what the Lord wants to do in our hearts and in the lives of the people we connect with. If we're not allowing that to be possible, mm. even in our imaginations. Right. Yeah. The Holy Spirit comes where he's expected. Yeah. How do we expect the Holy Spirit to do big things while yeah. also being mature? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I feel a little like I am I'm attracted to charismatic stuff, but I'm not charismatic myself. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of things in that world that I, I'm turned off by, right? Um, mm-hmm. But a lot that I'm very attracted to as well. Yeah. So it, it's it, for me, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to throw it all away, but I also don't want to drink it undiluted. I would agree right? with or that. Or un, uh, um, unfiltered yeah, in I would some agree ways. With that. So. Uh, that's been some of my experience. The blessings I've had as a priest um, in this often is, uh, you know, I, I went to a conference and it was a charismatic conference and the presenter, Dr. John Bergsma mm-hmm. uh, yeah. from Steubenville, yep. he talked about, he's like, it was a priest conference. He said, fathers, why don't you, you know, once a month, like just invite people after mass. Like if anyone wants to be prayed over, with stuff or mm-hmm. anyone wants prayer, come see me, like pick a mask, just be in the, sure. ga- and I loved that and yeah. it was great. And I saw, you know, not radical healings, but I thought it was just beautiful that people had a place to expect yeah. God to come into their life, to ask yeah. a blessing into this one area. Yeah. I don't feel like I have a gift for healing, mm-hmm. right? I've never uh, manifested that and I'm very comfortable praying that the Lord bring healing sure. into a situation. But I'm also pretty comfortable that, you know, suffering is a, a yeah, place of, that's true too. Yeah. of uh, authentic, you know, that's maturation right. in the spiritual that's life. Right. But for me, I, I found that to be just really good of, of being open with asking the Lord's, asking the Lord to come into um, this area. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in signs and then expecting like when we're faithful to him to expect him to show up right right. if we're putting something on or if we've really tried to listen and respond to the holy spirit Um, even our our little podcast here like like we've talked about this like i don't know the reach we have with this i don't don't know know the the scope we've had we have but i feel confident at least in my life that the lord is touching someone or someone's in this and um and, you know, like it's not manifested to the same degree that like, you know, I tell sure, you, rise, other... pick up your mat and right, walk. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that'd be awesome. Right, right. <laughs> or, or like Encounter Ministries. We right. know up in Brighton is doing yeah, some really so cool much. things. Yeah. Um, but there are lots of ways where I think, you know, our fidelity um, can can manifest the Lord. Yeah. Uh, even just by, by our witness of life to say, I'm going to be faithful and steadfast, even yeah. if it's not... Um, yeah, it ju- just because I, I'm confident right. the Lord is leading me in this direction. Right. I don't know. It's a yeah, lot of no, talking. I think that's I don't fair. It, I mean, it's right to have the maturity to to pray for the Holy Spirit to do big things and supernatural yeah. things, right, to our to our eyes. Um, but to have the confidence that the Holy Spirit is moving, whether we see that or not, 
there's there's a wisdom in that, yeah. right? Um, and ultimately to entrust people to the Lord. Yeah, it, it's a mixture. I think growing up, there were definitely times where people who had more supernatural gifts um, were seen as better, yeah. holier, right? But that's not how the lists appear of the spiritual gifts, yeah. right? That St. Paul lists, you know, the diversity of the of the body of Christ, yeah. right? Are all teachers? No. Are all apostles? Yeah. No. Do all have the gifts of healing? No. Yeah. But but does the Lord want to give some the gifts of healing yeah. for this age? Absolutely. Yeah. And could that be us? It could be. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but as you say, there's also redemptive suffering. So yeah. Yeah. It's um. And not to be jealous with Him doing these yeah. things in other people, right? I, I think know that's for such me, a great that's point. been a lot yep. of maturity for me. Yeah. <laughs> working on like, okay, like the Lord is doing awesome things that yeah. are more manifested, you know, yeah. um, spiritually, um, you know. Uh, yeah, just manifesting the power of God yep. through other people. And yep. like, praise God for that right. instead of me being like, well, why not me? Right, right. Um, Where comparison, right? Comparison yeah. being the thief of joy. Yeah. But yeah. celebrating others is yeah. such a key to just opening everything up. For yeah. me, I found that anyway, celebrating yeah. the gifts God's given other people. Yeah, it's funny when I was in high school and I would pray with people. I, I don't know that I ever saw healings, but I all the time would have visions and words of things. And I would share them. People would start to cry. I mean, it was like just really powerful. Yeah. And what's so funny, I always ask the Lord, like over the last 10, 15 years, I don't have that experience anymore at mm. all. And it's either like the Lord taking away something because I just needed that at the beginning of my life, right? Yeah. To really trust that the Holy Spirit was moving. Or, or maybe I need to bleed into it more and practice more. I don't know. Um, but I guess in my life, I've seen some of that, yeah. you know, but also I've learned not to need it. Yeah. The last point for me on this is um, looking at this Eucharistic Congress, this National mm. Eucharistic Congress yeah. that the bishops have called and mm-hmm. knowing the guy in charge of it a little bit, Tim Glemkowski, who oh, was yeah. a, um, a guest on one of our early mm-hmm. episodes of a, of a previous podcast mm-hmm. um, that... Uh, you know, there's a lot of planning, a lot of investment, a lot of yeah. um, care and concern that's gone into it. But there is a whole lot of like, okay, I'm expecting the Holy Spirit yeah. to show up to all this and to be working in the hearts of people to come to Indianapolis in 2024 yeah. uh, in August or July, whenever it is. So uh, that's one manifestation where at least by my light, I yeah. see like confidence in the Holy Spirit and docility to the Holy Spirit. And I I believe that's going to be a real Pentecost moment for the church in the United States um, when we gather next summer for that. Beautiful. I think my last point is that for those of us in Mission Direct to see all that we do as a true cooperation with the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? And yeah. just recalling Evangelii Nantiandi where it is said that the Holy Spirit is the principal agent of evangelization, right? Mm. And that's not a that's not a get out of jail free card. <laughs> you don't have to do anything because the Holy Spirit's the principal agent. Yeah. But it is um, uh, both a, a word of hope and a word of conviction, or maybe even correction, that it's not my work and it's not your work and it's yeah. not our listeners' work, right? There's no such thing as my ministry or your ministry. It is mm. all the work of the Holy Spirit in which we are cooperating as members of the body of Christ with unique gifts. And so how can we have a spirit of docility and expectancy and confidence and, um, yeah, engagement, but also, yeah, as you say, total trust that this is, this is beyond, Yeah, this is beyond me. I'm participating in a mystery. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 
This has been the Encounter Grow Witness podcast featuring Father Steve Polis and me, Beth Spazarni. This podcast is intended to be a source of support and refreshment for those who work for the church and those who are engaged as volunteers in the church. Be sure to like and subscribe to this monthly podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if this has been a support to you, consider leaving a five-star review to enable us to reach more people. Let's unleash the gospel. Amen. Amen.